Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the VR Download. I am your host, Kyle, and with me today over here... Hey, you're not Ian. Who is this? I'm David Heaney. I write about the technology behind VR, and I develop this studio. But but if you're here, then who's there? The other me. Oh, there's two of you. Oh, great. Now we've got a clone, Heaney 2, the sequel is out there. That's that's wonderful. Uh, all right, so we've got some to talk about today. Now, if you're a regular watcher of the show, you know that we are live right now on YouTube, and there are folks in the chat, uh, hopefully. Let me, let me double check here and see who is actually in the chat right now. Uh, Anakazi, hello. Yes. Hey, great. Wonderful. Uh, we, we have some regulars and, uh, we really welcome you to come back and talk with us live while we're doing the show, because you might have some insightful knowledge to share with us or comments or opinions. And we want to be able to share this here with you. And if you're listening, uh, after the fact or watching after the fact, then you know that, Hey, maybe I should try to sneak in and be part of one of these wonderful shows. So that's, uh, that's how we are. We got some other people jumping in. Ahmad, Mon- Monadic Media. Hello. Hi, everyone. I hope I pronounced everything correctly. All right. So, uh, Heaney, we're going to talk about some fun stuff here. This isn't the games, what are we playing episode. This is more of the general news and technology, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get in. Are you ready for the first uh, piece of news? All right, I think I'm do it. So the uh, Oculus Quest 120 hertz support may launch in March. Not may launch in May. It may launch in March. Now, 120 hertz, we talked about this. Ian and I talked about this last week on this show. Um, What what are your thoughts on 120 hertz, Heaney? So the first hint we got of this. Well, first, I'll start with context just for anyone that doesn't know. So the the Quest 1 is 72 hertz, and developers can turn it down to 60 for video content, but not games. Quest 2 launched at 72 hertz, but shortly after it got a feature update to bring it up to 90 hertz. And developers can also choose 80 hertz. So to be clear, this is a developer feature. On, On Quest 2, you select the developer gets to choose the refresh rate. On PC, if you connect to a link cable, you get to choose the refresh rate. And hopefully 120 hertz will be on PC as well. So we we got the first hints of this back in November when Carmack kind of put out a warning to developers to say, don't just set your app to the highest refresh rate available automatically, because if we release 120 FPS support, that could cause performance issues. So obviously the hint there was, you know, what what do you mean? We hadn't really heard anything about 120 120 hertz on Quest 2 before. And some people sort of speculated maybe he's talking about another headset down the line or a Quest Pro. But uh, two weeks ago, we got uh, Andrew Bosworth, the head of VR at Facebook, was asked in an Instagram AMA about 120 hertz support, and he gave a thumbs up. So that's that's how we're learning about new features in, in the Quest now from Instagram. Ask me anything from, from the head of VR, but that's 2021, I guess. I guess. Recent, I guess. Recently, we've just seen... This emerge on a what seems to be a new page on the Oculus website called their developer roadmap, and it's now listed as a feature for March. So it's it seems like it's going to launch this month, but the confidence is is set on their uh, roadmap item as medium. So it, it could slip into April, and we've seen that happen a few times before. You know, it's interesting that you bring up that it's a developer 
functionality that's actually going to be released uh, or potentially or may uh, be released that a game doesn't necessarily automatically run at that 120 hertz. If you're a developer, you might hear this news and go, "Uh oh, (laughs) wait a minute. I designed this game to run at 60 or 72 or 90. I didn't expect anybody to ever try to do it at 120 hertz and there might be some functionality that uh isn't gonna quite make it now if they open up 120 hertz for the headset it doesn't necessarily mean that all of the games and apps are going to run at that can you give us some more technical oomph behind that heaney Yeah, so yeah, as I was sort of alluding to before, this is something that developers set. And and CarMax warning back in November was specifically telling developers, don't just ask the system, what are your available refresh rates? And then pick the highest one, because that's what some developers do. Because he was saying, if you do that and we add higher ones in the future, your app's going to start running nowhere near as good. We've we've seen a lot of developers work very hard to get 90 hertz on Quest 2, but getting from 90 to 120 hertz is another huge jump again. So what I would say to people is don't expect this on on big games, games that have high fidelity graphics or open worlds or anything like that. Most of those games on Quest 2 are still running at 72 hertz. You, you know, the Quest 2 is often talked about in, in media and sometimes by Facebook, and they describe it as a 90 hertz headset. It is for some content, but for the majority and for what most people are playing, it's still 72. But we're, we're going to see 120 in simple games, just as we saw 90 in simple games. So I, I would expect we'll see it in the likes of Beat Saber, those sort of games that, that keep you in a kind of basic environment and where the interaction is kind of at the core. And 120 hertz will make those sort of games feel even smoother than we are before, because that, that's a refresh rate higher than almost any other consumer VR headset. The Valve Index goes up to 144. That's another headset that lets you choose. Well, although, you know, we're on PC, if you if you connect the Quest 2 to your PC, you get a list today that says 72 hertz, 80 hertz, 90 hertz. With a Valve Index, you get that, but you also get 120 and 144. So to see Quest 2 come into that, it's going to kind of, it almost brings it into a new category of PC headset, where because we really haven't seen that from headsets other than the Index and the Pimax headsets, which they have one that actually goes up to 180 hertz. Yeah, 180 hertz, though. I'd almost be afraid that would fry my face. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's a couple things to consider then that this news isn't actually this awesome, like flipping a switch and saying, okay, now all your stuff's going to run at 120. It's not that. So for those of you who are like, oh, 120, yay, everything's going to run so smooth. That's not the case. Uh, As a matter of fact, it might be. Like, I'm sure that there are going to be some app uh titles that are going to come out and immediately take advantage of that and that's wonderful but i I have a feeling that some of the things that you think you're going to get at 120 you're not going to get and i think that there might even be some developers out there that are uh, almost cringing at this news you know for for sure sure. getting getting 120 hertz running on you know we, we after a few years of standalone VR, we've all forgotten that these are smartphone processors in these headsets. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible what developers have been able to do already. You know, you go back a few years ago, most people would not have believed if you described the Quest content landscape today and you said, this is running on a headset with a 
2017 smartphone processor and another higher end headset, you know, with this newer processor, people wouldn't have believed you. So, yeah, there's the most developers are not going to be able to get to 120 hertz. But for those that do, it's going to be to have that natively on a standalone headset, that latency and that smoothness is going to really be next level. And, and of course, on PC, anyone who's upgraded their PC to be able to run at 120 hertz, they'll be able to really take advantage of this. Things like simulators, <laughs> if you have the money to build a PC to get those to 120 hertz, it feels incredible. But yeah, get, getting the, even getting those games to run at all in VR is a struggle and, and 120 hertz is going to be astonishingly difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a uh, comment here. Reckoner VR says, is there a possibility for interpolated 60 hertz? <laughs> I remember Carmack talking about interpolation during one of his talks. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, that's actually how most games on PlayStation VR run. People don't realize, but PlayStation VR actually has three modes. One of them is your 120 hertz mode, because it was actually the first, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about, oh, there's very few 120 hertz headsets. The PSVR is a 120 hertz headset, but of course, most games don't run on it. It's usually in this 60 hertz to 120 hertz mode, interpolated mode. The problem is the Quest processor doesn't seem to have the power to do the kind of reprojection needed to deliver a really great experience with that. Because on PC, you have Valve's motion smoothing and Facebook's asynchronous space warp. But on Quest, you don't kind of you don't get any of that. And, and to be clear, if you're not familiar with those technologies, all those do is if your system isn't meeting performance, they cut the frame rate in half, well, the real frame rate in half, and every other frame is a synthetic frame, which is generated by saying, if my head's here and I'm moving this direction, well, the real frame will be here, but I'll just put a synthetic frame in between that looks like the midpoint. And it's not interpolation. That's really important to understand because that wouldn't work in VR. You, if you already know the next frame, your latency would be far too high. It's actually extrapolating the motion it sees. Can you do that on a cell phone processor? Maybe. We don't know yet. We know that Facebook's looking into that sort of thing, but it seems like it may take a few more generations of hardware until that's possible to do. But, but that is the ideal in the end. You want a standalone headset that runs at a certain refresh rate and extrapolates it out to a higher one. That's what we want, but I don't think we're here yet. So the in in terms of interpolation as uh, as a definition is because what you were talking about was reprojection, right? So it, interpolation is when you find the midpoint of the two frames after already knowing them. So your television, mm -hmm. for example, lots of televisions can take your sixty frames per second content and bring it up to one hundred and twenty frames. But it does that by looking at the future frame and comparing it to the past frame. But in VR, you don't know the next frame yet, because if you did, well, you'd have an incredibly high latency headset and you'd throw up everywhere. So they have to extrapolate, not interpolate, but just, so say they see your hand moving here and it goes to move here. They know that your hand was moving this direction. They know that the next frame, it will be here based on its current motion, and they can extrapolate it out a little further. The Quest does that rotationally, to be clear. When you rotate your head, you don't actually see a raw frame. It's it's they extrapolate out in the direction that you've rotated, but it can't do that positionally yet. And that's sort of what we're talking about here. It, to bring that idea of 60 hertz rendering, 120 hertz display, we'd need to see that kind of space warp, motion smoothing, whatever you want to call it, on mobile. Very good. Very good. Uh, let's see here. 
Oh, let's see. One of the things I don't like about PSVR, the majority of games run with reprojection. I just don't like it. Meow Mix doesn't like the reprojection. Uh, What would be a reason why somebody would not like the reprojection? You see, it's not perfect. There's no... Reprojection isn't an on or an off. It depends on the quality of the algorithm running and what kind of data it has. So the Oculus system, and I think Valve's motion smoothing will add this soon, sees not just the frame, but the depth in the frame. So the developer tells the system, here is my frame, and here is the depth of every object in the frame. And from that, they're able to provide a really, really sort of convincing extrapolation. I don't think PSVR does that. I I could be wrong. They haven't really detailed it in years. There was a talk they gave back in sort of 2014, 2015 era about it, and they really haven't gone into technical details. But I don't believe that Sony's extrapolation algorithm motion smoothing, whatever you want to call it, the reprojection, there's a million names for this. I, I don't think that theirs is quite to the quality of Facebook's yet. So, you know, it, will will would a Facebook headset running at 60 frames per second to 120 hertz be more convincing than PSVRs? We don't know yet because we just don't know what they can put on a standalone headset yet. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, next piece of news here. Well, one thing I would know, I, I think Oculus, we to, to mention, yeah, I would just mention, we forgot to say, the other thing is not just performance, but 120 hertz is going to have an impact on battery life, on heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the battery, you think your battery doesn't last long enough now. You wait. You wait. Play play a very simple game at 120 hertz, and all of a sudden, 45 minutes in, you're getting a little ding saying your battery's low. Possibly. Yeah. We don't it, know. That's a serious problem on these kind of headsets that are they're battery powered. The more you want to drive into these kind of specs, brightness, refresh rate, it all takes a hit on battery life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Something to think about. Time time to get your uh, little battery packs and everything ready to go. Cables running down your arms and all sorts of fun stuff. Okay, well, we'll be looking forward to that coming down the line here, uh, 120 hertz. But... Let's talk about this next piece, because I think this is fun. An Oculus Quest Pro? Facebook's Bosworth winks at the potential. Facebook's Andrew Bosworth winked at the camera in his his latest Instagram AMA in response to a question about a higher-end model of Oculus Quest. Now, the question that was asked of Boz was... Where's the high end? Where's the $600? Give me all the good features. Don't worry about the cost effectiveness or the margin or, you know, profitability. Don't worry about any of that. Just give us the souped up, tricked out sports, deluxe, ultra premium model for people who are willing to pay that extra money. Give show me what you got. You know, that's what we're, that's what we're shooting for now. A Pro model, uh, an Oculus Quest Pro, or would it be a Quest 2 Pro, or would it be a Quest Pro Premium Deluxe Ultimate, you know, uh, Enhanced Edition? What, what, what do you think of this? So it's interesting that the last story came from a thumbs up from Andrew Bosworth, the head of VR and AR at Facebook, and this story comes from a wink from Andrew Bosworth. So we're, we're really, it really is a new kind of grapevine in this new age. But what he was specifically asked, and I think, you know, it's kind of annoyed me that a lot of news outlets and some YouTubers have sort of either deliberately or accidentally misunderstood this. 
He was not asked, are we getting a Quest 2 Pro? You may think he was asked that based on the headlines. He was not. He was, in fact, the question asked for Quest 3 Pro. It was kind of a, in the future, do you think you're going to release one model this time? Or do you think you're going to have tiers? That's basically the question that was asked. And he simply replied by saying, Quest Pro, ha, interesting, and winking. So that's that's the basis we have for this story. But the question is, you know, what it, what does this mean? Does this, there are a few things this could mean. It could mean that there is going to be a Quest 2 Pro this year. It could. I think that's unlikely because we don't have an indication from Qualcomm that there's going to be a new XR-specific processor this year. There's no obvious jump that they could add there. It could just be a headset that happens to prioritize all the little things a bit more. But in that case, why bother? I, I think he could be hinting at one of two things. I think either Facebook thinks, now that we're selling millions of these things, next time we come around to build a headset, we can have multiple tiers. Instead of having to cut out all these things, you know, things like precise interpupillary distance adjustments so people's eyes are in the perfect position, or even just things like having a sort of more robust head strap to keep you more comfortable, they may be able to add these things in. Another thing you could mean is that it could be like with HTC's efforts in VR a few years ago, where we see a pro model that is kind of distinct from the main line, more aimed at enterprise, professional, creatives, the kind of people that Apple aims with in the MacBook Pro. It's unclear which one of these he means at the moment, and it's it's all speculative for now. But but I think if you look at his response there, compared to what we've heard from Facebook in the past about this, they're definitely they definitely are taking it much more seriously than they were before the idea. Because you know enthusiasts mm-hmm. they want to be able to pay more to get a better experience if they're spending hours every day in a headset, and that, that and they do understand that. Uh, the idea of pro headset is intriguing to me well i don't want to call it a pro headset the the idea of all the bells and whistles all at one time in a headset with no corners cut no uh uh, punches pulled everything that we have available that is consumer ready no matter what the cost chuck all of that into one headset and sell it to whoever wants to buy it. That right there, the fact that there are people wanting, I mean, if you really think about it from a business perspective, you have people wanting a higher end headset and you don't have it to sell it to them. That right there, I mean, when you have a, when you have a demand before you have a supply, hey, good business model, guys. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward. There's a lot of people here talking uh, in the chat about different uh, features or things that they want to see in it. So they're talking about different Wi-Fi, uh, possibly 5G, um, uh, Wi-Fi 6, 140-degree FOV, more RAM, uh, bigger field of view. And I honestly believe that the bigger field of view is going to take more than just them making the lenses bigger uh, there's there's way more to it than that um hell that just the barrel distortion alone necessary the changes in that would just be uh epic so i don't know if that's going to be something that you see uh people saying 200 degree fov i i, I don't know uh, he do you think that if if they do come out with a premium deluxe ultra enhanced edition 
Uh, I'm oh, I'm reminded. I don't have one for my collection, but I'm reminded of the HTC Vive. What was it? The Ferrari or Lamborghini or Porsche edition? It was a car. A McLaren edition. It was a McLaren. See, oh, I was thinking too. Uh, yeah, but okay. So that didn't really offer a whole lot uh, of extras. It, it really didn't, and I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, that putting a name on it like that doesn't necessarily make something premium, deluxe, ultra enhanced and, and, you know, ready for people to buy. But uh, all the features that people are talking about in here, I'm I'm pretty excited. Now, I don't know if any of those things are going to be things that we're going to see. Uh, bigger FOV, I, I, I think what it'll end up being is uh, clunkier. I think it'll be clunky. I don't think it'll be more streamlined. I think that they'll put more kit in the back and they'll put some more stuff up front and they won't work. Maybe it'll have a big, robust head strap or something. I don't I don't know. But I'm thinking that $600 people are the, – the irony to this is that no matter what they come up with, there will be a group of people who are going to say, oh, that's too much. That That costs too much for the features that they add. What do you think? For, for sure. So I, I agree with you that if they are going to make a pro model, especially if it's aimed towards enterprise, they are going to be able to make a kind of more industrial design. Because if you if you look at when Facebook were asked, why doesn't the Quest use the Halo strap from the Rift S? You know, it's more comfortable. And they, they'll acknowledge that Facebook has said out loud, Halo straps are more comfortable. So why don't they use it on Quest? Because they portability is important. They want to make a consumer device that is portable. And they want to keep costs low. They want to have this basic head strap you could get at the start and upgrade. But you're absolutely right. If they wanted to build an enterprise headset, they could put the battery in the back or the compute in the back. And so even if they did have sort of wider lenses and, and larger displays, they, they would still be able to keep that comfortable and even arguably more comfortable than the Quest 2. The, the problem is, and you know, I see a lot of people looking for field of view increases here. And, and that is, that's what I want more than anything, too. I, th I think we're at the point where VR headsets, the resolution is fine. It's not great, but it's, it's more than fine. It's, and if anyone, anyone who's used VR headsets for a few years would go further than that and say the resolution is great now compared to what it used to be. But we're still kind of stuck in this 100-degree mm -hmm. field of view limit where it still isn't fully immersive. And the problem with getting a higher field of view standalone headset, though, is that you have to add in a processor that can render that extra field of view and you're going to have to render at a higher resolution because on any VR headset, if you increase the field of view, then the number of pixels per each degree of field of view gets lower and lower. So the question is, what processor? There is, Qualcomm do have a more powerful chip than the XR2 launching this year in smartphones, the, it, the Snapdragon 888. But we, it isn't so powerful that you could build an entirely new category of device. It's the real world differences each year usually come between 20 and 30% extra. Could you kind of squeeze out a slightly higher res resolution, slightly higher field of view headset with that? Maybe, but I, I doubt that it would change anything major. It would probably be quite a marginal change. You know, the, the Halo strap, I think that there are some possible licensing issues there uh, that we that might be causing a problem for Facebook. Uh, I'll tell you what, the one feature that would make me purchase the 
a new version of this headset that I have on now, the Quest 2, the one feature that I think would really drive me to get uh, the next big thing, the the Pro Deluxe Ultra Enhanced Premium version, would be pass-through cameras right on the front, color, and give me the ability to access them and be able to, uh, you know, start doing some AR with it. It could be a good in-between headset, you know, just get that feature out there and see what people do with it. So I don't know. I, I don't know if that's something we'll see or not. For, for sure. Color pass. So I'm just looking through here to see if there's step. any. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like it uh, have the same problem. people are talking amongst themselves about different tracking and whatnot. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, what do we have so now? I, I noticed they're, they're what, what, what is? Lighthouse. I was just going to say, and to just to kind of follow up on those points there. For, firstly, we see a lot of comments here about um, a few people saying they would like Lighthouse tracking in it. I mean, I owned an Index. I still have Lighthouse base stations. It really isn't much of a difference anymore on a to adding two extra cameras to the side of a quest to get six cameras you honestly wouldn't be able to tell the difference the, even now the only time you can tell the difference is the minor kind of occlusion uh scenarios where if your your controllers are back here you, you know they're not tracked but it becomes less and less of a problem every year I, I suspect valve will go the opposite direction and valve's next headset will go inside out because lighthouse those base stations cost 150 dollars each and they the advantage now in 2021 is really kind of just diminished. The, the other thing is color mm -hmm. pass-through cameras. Again, it's absolutely what enterprises want and need. But again, on a standalone headset, to process those cameras, you're going to need a more powerful processor and you're going to need a bigger battery. There is a headset. We talked about it. You and Ian talked about it. You know, the Lynx R1 the headset that is kind of a pass-through mm -hmm. headset. That uses the same XR2 processor as Quest. But the battery is, I think, four times larger, either three or four times larger. So, you know, the, the problems of battery life and mobile compute are what really limit these kind of features in a way that PC headsets weren't limited. So we're going to have to wait for Qualcomm to make major improvements to kind of see these features, in my opinion, but they will come in time. Okay, so here's my idea. So we've got all these rumble vests, you know, as I'm wearing a vest here. We've got all these rumble pack vests that you can buy and you can wear and you can feel the, oh, okay, I'm being shot. What if they filled one with a battery? An entire battery that you can wear, a vest that you can put on, and you feel everything, and it's a battery, and it's just, just one cord that runs up to your where your ear is. There's my idea. Somebody go make that. I'm giving it to the world to go I do like that battery idea. vests. I actually like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> you could put, you could, cool. I mean, theoretically, you could put compute in it. A lot of these companies are trying yeah. to figure out how do we put, the, when we want to put the display on your face, where do we put the computer? And, you know, we see Quest 2 puts right. it right here. What From what we've heard, Facebook is actually <laughs> thinking about for its AR glasses, a neck band of sorts to put compute in where it kind of rests on, on your neck here. So, I, I mean, for a VR system, a a sort of chest-worn device that gave you compute and battery and haptics, I mean, it could be pretty compelling, actually. Yeah, yeah. So there it is, wearable batteries. That, that's that's what we want. That's what we want. All right, well, while everybody's stewing about that idea, let, let, let's talk about this next thing. So if you're anything like me, uh, you probably have some smart 
speakers somewhere in the house. You know, the smart home concept is beautiful. You know, hey, Google, turn off the lights. Oh, oops. Hey, Google, lights on. Okay, sorry. Um, you you have the idea that you talk to your devices and your devices do things. So, so our next news piece, hey, Facebook, wake words, roll out to the Oculus Quest 2. So now Oculus Quest 2 owners can address Facebook directly while using the headset to accomplish certain tasks with the phrase, hey, Facebook. Now, uh, I haven't played with this yet. I'm a little worried about talking directly to Facebook. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on this feature? So when when I first read this, I honestly started laughing. I, I tweeted that, and I, I really, I I just think this is a terrible kind of how to explain this. So we've known for years that Facebook is working on its own digital assistant. I've used other digital assistants. I don't have a problem with the concept of a digital assistant, and we know that you kind of there's Alexa, there's Cortana, there's Siri. And the question's been, will Facebook take the Google approach of just use your own company name, like, hey, Google, or will it go for a kind of personalized digital assistant? And then it's gone for straight in for Facebook. And I'll tell you why I don't think this works in the same way that Google does. When you're talking to Google, it's kind of you're talking. <laughs> there's my Google. You're talking to a personification <laughs> of Google search, right? You're, you're, you're asking the Google search. There's my Google again. You're, 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 you're talking to Google and you're asking for, for help. You're asking for utility in general. And that's how they market this. This is your Google assistant. You're talking to Google as a library of knowledge. Google as a helper. What am I talking to when I say, hey, Facebook? Well, firstly, I can't use this feature because it's US only for now, I believe. But when I do, who <laughs> am I talking to? Am I talking to Facebook, a brand, Facebook, the company? There's no obvious relation there, and it feels awkward. There's no, there's a reason that Microsoft didn't go with, hey, Microsoft. They went for Cortana. There's a reason that you don't say, hey, Apple. You say, hey, Siri, because there's no obvious kind of core functionality from, the, from those companies that you would be talking to. Google is really the only exception. And even then, I would say Google's is borderline. I would like Google to pick a name, but it's just, hey, Facebook, it's just, it doesn't mean anything. What am I communicating with? It, it, it's, a, it's a challenge because you do want to have the ability to, yeah, okay, here, we'll give you a good example. Iron Man, hey, Jarvis, blah, 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 blah. And, and Jarvis responds back naturally, and you can have a conversation with Jarvis, but we're not there yet. And even if we were, you know, I still have a, there's a cadence to the when I say something to, and, and Mike Ward draws, Hi, sorry, I keep activating your devices. But when I say something to my device, like we use ours in the kitchen quite a bit. And, you know, we set timers and we tell it to play music. And, uh, you know, we ask it, like, how much is one eighth teaspoon tripled? You know, like that sort of thing. Those are the kind of things you want to have. But there's a cadence to the way you speak to it. You say, hey, what is... One cup divided by four or something like that. You know, I, I can do basic kitchen math. Trust me. I'm just giving you an example. There, there's, there's a way you speak to it. So when I want to talk to my headset, I just there's, – there's a very small amount of stuff. Like I, I challenge my devices all the time and I say, hey, 
if I do this and this and this, what well, and is sorry, I don't understand, but here's some random stuff that's not going to help that you're going to have to yell at me to stop talking about. And that, that's, that's my interaction with my devices. I'm challenging it. I'm not going to say, Hey, Facebook, make me some, you know, chicken noodle soup. I mean, there's only so many things you can either open something or close something and potentially share, go live, that kind of stuff. Does this feature really need to exist? I mean, does the device do enough stuff that that function is necessary? So just to build on, let's see who asked. Let me find a comment here. Yeah, uh, little kid note said, isn't this also on Portal? You are right, it is on Portal because this isn't a feature designed just for Oculus. This is, as I said, Facebook has been working for a few years now to build a digital assistant, the, the equivalent of the Googles and uh, Cortanas of the world. But there, it wasn't clear whether they're going to use kind of a, a persona to it or just go with the crudest, hey, Facebook, which is, it's so crude. But but yeah, the, the idea is it's not supposed to be an Oculus-specific feature. The idea is that this is Facebook's digital assistant that you'll interact with on Facebook's headsets, their glasses, their portal devices, and probably through the app and messenger in future, I imagine. But again, if I type, you know, you give the example of on Google, the kind of recipe thing. If I type the same question in the Google search engine, as I was about to ask the, the smart speaker, it will give pretty much the same response. And you see that kind of standard Google informational box. And that's what Google draws on. Mm -hmm. So I understand in my head, when I'm talking to Google, I'm talking to the same side of search engine that, that, that searches the web and delivers useful information. It's an assistant. But I don't think Facebook ha is that same feature. It's it's a it's a service and it's a company. It's an app that it's a social network and a company. Why would I be talking to Facebook the company or Facebook the social network? I would go back to the Microsoft analogy. It is as if Microsoft decided to instead of have it be Hey Xbox, have it as Hey Microsoft. It's ridiculous. Or if Sony added one to PlayStation, would you want Hey PlayStation or would you want Hey Sony? How awkward would that be to say? Facebook, to me, again, this is why I burst out laughing when I first saw this. This is just as awkward as, as any of those. Now, I did not know that it, portals, like the Facebook portal used it. I didn't know that when I went on that big rant earlier. So so there is some, some tiny little we'll justification. Just oh, okay. Okay. All right. But you know, they what I think I, is going on hey, here. portal before. Oh, really? That's funny. That's funny. Uh, I, I, I think... What's happening here is this all stems back to Star Trek, uh, was it four, uh, Voyage Home? Uh, when Scotty sits down in front of the computer in like 1980 San Francisco and goes, hello, computer, hello. You know, it, it's, he expects to be able to talk to everything. The future means that you can talk to everything and get a response back. And, and maybe this is just Facebook's way of shoehorning the vr headsets into that same concept all they have to do is pick a name they just need to pick a name just like cortana siri you know i'm not going to say microsoft's in case we trigger anyone else's again but you know what amazon's is called they just needed to give it some sort of name it's just so weird and creepy and awkward to say hey facebook I i'm sorry to say that but it really is to anyone outside menlo park it's weird and creepy and awkward to say hey facebook 
so something fun for our fans. Uh, you can tweet this to us. You can put it in the chat. You can send it to us any way you want. We want to hear your ideas for other than, hey, Facebook, what should they name it? So just like we're trying to find a name for our pads here, that will not be Chad, uh, but that we've, we've got a lot of really good ideas. What should it be? And it can't be anybody's name like you can't be. I know I already have Colin saying, hey, Zuck and hey, Zuckerberg. Don't don't do that. Don't don't. Let's not invoke those types of things. Let's find a good name to call when you. Hey, you know, uh, Marianne or, or hey, Ginger or hey, Gilligan. Uh, well, I don't know why I'm doing all the Gilligan's Island names, but yeah, come up with something that we can say instead of, Hey, Facebook, because, you know, it's very possible that in the next AMA, we can say to Boz, Hey, anything, any thoughts on changing it to, Hey, uh, professor. And then he'll give the wink. Oh, Heaney, our, our avatars do not have the ability to wink. Can I have a wink button? Not yet. If only. Not soon, yet. Hopefully we'll get eye tracking. Coming soon. <laughs> I know that a few people are suggesting, yeah. hey, Oculus. The only problem with that is this is Facebook's digital assistant across its, its family of devices. So Facebook plans to have more than just VR headsets in the future. This is only Facebook's first kind of era of consumer hardware. But you know what I really think My they should have done here? What's that? They they should have, they should be the first major company to just let you pick your own name. Why can't I choose what the digital assistant's called? You can't you you used to be able to give a few different options on Amazon's. I'm not sure if they still let you, but I think we're now at the point where they where they can deliver that. Why can't we just choose our own digital assistant, even personalize it? Why does it have why do I have to say a company's name when I'm when I want to give a basic device functionality done? So we could be like, hey, Haney, start the VR download. I like that. Exactly. You're, you're going you're gonna to be our, uh, you're going to be our Cortana. Okay, Haney. <laughs> Add this feature. I love it. Uh, I do think that it does need to be something more than one syllable. Like, I, I think that there's some level of, of being able to distinguish between, like, you know, if you think about it, uh, they're all at least two syllables. Uh, Alexa's three. I mean, three. you know, Cortana's three, uh, but Google is just two, and uh, Facebook's just two. But you so can't say it, Google. It has to be you right. Know, you have to say a or yeah, okay before. right, the, right. Two, which two is fine, you know. Possible, but it could just say pick any name with three syllables or more. I like it. I love it. It's awesome. Well, let's see here. Any other fun uh, people are going through and saying, that, uh, hey, Carmack, that's a good one. Uh, I like that. I would totally do that. It, the only problem is, is that if I ask it a question, you better be prepared to listen to an hour and a half answer that is full of wonderful information. <laughs> All right. Well, do, do we have anything else that we want to cover here, Yeni? And no, not, nothing else of, of these few news. Anyone in the comments, if you have any questions on anything we've covered today or anything about VR in general, feel free to ask now. Super, yeah, super absolutely. Cool. I don't you think know, Google lets you change the wake word. Yeah, I don't think it does either. 
Not sure. But uh, yeah, while we're waiting for the last little bit of information to come in, uh, chat comments and opinions, uh, I do want to recommend that everyone, as soon as they're done here, since, you know, if you're if you're watching this live, then you're already almost there. Go check out the rest of the Upload VR YouTube page. We have so much interesting, fun content, enough to keep you busy and uh, avoid doing your real day job work for hours and hours and hours. And we highly recommend that, uh, you know, you you spend an appropriate amount of time surfing through our stuff and, and then go and do your work and hurry up and jam it in before dinner is ready. Right. Uh, then also go to uploadvr.com and get all of your latest news reviews, comments and interviews from the VR industry. And uh, we've got some good fun stuff up there. Also, if you are uh, new to VR or you've got that friend or family member who is just I don't know how to get into this and you're tired of telling them everything. Send them to uploadvr.com and tell them at the very top of the page to click on new to VR and it'll walk them through step by step, uh, give them all sorts of wonderful things to get uh, really, you know, run up to being an expert uh, at using your VR headset or which one to buy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's great that we have that section open. And, you know, if any of your friends get VR, that's that's what you should link them to. Upload VR is new to VR. One thing I'd like to expand on from earlier, Kyle. Yeah. So I, I was a bit kind of downbeat on the idea of a Quest Pro coming anytime soon and kind of explaining how, you know, the limit is the mobile processor. But as some people have pointed out here, the, the ace in the hole here kind of is eye tracking. And we should kind of cover that Andrew Bosworth, again, the head of VR and AR at Facebook, was asked in this same Ask Me Anything session, is there any plans for eye tracking on Oculus headsets? And he did say that it's something that we will fit into a future headset, sorry, into some future headset. And the, the benefit that he pointed out, which is the main benefit of eye tracking, is foveated rendering, where it's only rendered in high resolution where you're looking. If Facebook could manage to ship that in the near term in a headset, then they could conceivably drive up the field of view and resolution without a dramatically more powerful mobile processor. But I would note that that Facebook's has been Facebook has been researching this feature for years now, and it's entirely unclear when it will actually ship. But you know, if you if you if you look at hmm. some of the research from this and you conclude, oh, this is coming in six months or a year. Well, people were concluding that three years ago. So the, the, getting it to work for 99.999% people is proving to be a lot more challenging than anyone in the industry expected. But if they could do that, if Facebook could ship high quality eye tracking in a Quest Pro, then yes, they could manage to, to deliver dramatic upgrades in field of view and resolution, even without a dramatically better processor. Yeah, I have a feeling that eye tracking is going to be uh, the next X is hard. I think eye tracking is hard. Remember, input is hard, people. Input is hard. See right here? It Look is. at this. Woo. Input is hard. Woo. Yeah, uh, eye tracking is going to be difficult, I think. And uh, I'm not saying it, it's an impossibility, but I'm not holding my breath on that feature, to be honest. Uh, I, I've, I've used it numerous times over the course of the last five, six years and have yet to be sold 100% on it other than as a proof of concept. So we'll see. 
We'll see. So I see someone mentioning here, Charles Woods, you say, unfortunately, Carmack himself isn't sold on the benefits of performance as it relates to eye tracking. That is true. Carmack pointed out that there are actual overheads involved in rendering only this small amount that if you're not, if your eye tracking isn't really, really great, it's going to actually be more hassle than it's worth. However, that was quite a while ago, I believe, Carmack's comment. And what you have to realize is, so again, looking back to Steven Sales, Carmack says you would only get a 25% increase. It completely depends on how good the eye tracking is. So the better the eye tracking, the smaller you can make that high resolution foveal area. What we know is that Facebook's project on eye tracking now is heavily related to their computer vision and machine learning research. So what they're looking to do is leverage machine learning and kind of their almost global leadership in computer vision now. Maybe maybe them and Google are pretty much in a realm of their own. And what they're, what Facebook's looking to do is leverage that in two ways. One, on the actual eye tracking itself, so that even with low-cost sensors, you can get very high-quality eye tracking. But two is the reconstruction. Carmack was talking about just the raw idea of rendering at different resolutions. But what Facebook kind of teased a few years ago is, what if you render in high resolution here, but almost no resolution everywhere else, and what you and then use an, a neural upsampling algorithm to increase the entire resolution across the field and to blend the foveal area with it? We don't know yet what type of performance increase that could give. But what Facebook did say at one of the Oculus Connects where they presented this idea is that they're aiming for a 95% reduction in the number of pixels rendered. So if that is possible and Facebook can deliver on this kind of neural <laughs> foveated rendering, if you want to call it that, then we really we really might get the kind of performance benefits that we everyone's been kind of dreaming about for years. But but you are right to point out that just a standard foveated rendering system doesn't look like it's going to get the performance gains that we all dream of. It'll need to be something much more advanced than that. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's it, we'll just see. You know, that, that's the beauty of this industry is that we get to watch the journey from one feature to another to another, and then we get this one fixed, and now it's time to work on this one. It, it's it's an uphill battle, uh, but it's so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, the All future right, of well, AI and VR are heavily related. These are not separate technologies at all. What we want from VR in the future? Yeah. Now all of looks the like it will, will all of the two-letter technologies, all of the two-letter technologies are all related to each other. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I think this has been a lot of fun. I think all of you out there in listener land or watch land, you know, whichever, uh, have really enjoyed this. So thank you to all of the regulars and all of the new folks that have come in, joined us in the chat, and uh, we'll. We'll have more stuff for you later in the week. So stay tuned. See you in the future. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll see you in the future.